this week's Pasha, what we read, talks about the Akeda, which really refers to that Hashem tells Avram to bring Yitzchak for Euler. And he didn't, so the Torah goes into detail what happened, what Avram did, and how he brought the Fon But it's one parsha in the Torah, which we, most people say every day. Then there's another parsha in the Torah, talks about the great Avachnosis Archem. Avram Avini uh, took care of the visitors, people passed by, invited people into his home. The interesting message, the message says that Eev, when it was going through a lot of pain, said to Hashem, I was also machnis oirech like Avram Avini. He says, no, you were, if they knock on the door, you let him in. Avram went looking for, again. He ran out in the street looking. That's the difference. Now, the Torah talks about the great kindness of Rome to get people to come eat at his table and how he would then convince them to believe in Hashem. He used to tell them, you think that I'm feeding you? The Almighty is over here. So very now, it's something very, very interesting. The beginning of the parasha talks about incredible chesed. You know, it takes enormous amount to do this every day. And Avram Avini was not a youngster. He was, uh, he was 99 years old. And not only that, he was 99 years old, he just had a circumcision, just had a bris. And he was sick. It wasn't that a... And even though he was, he was old and sick, he went to look for new customers. Wow, that's an incredible thing. And it wasn't that he, he had a, he was a very wealthy man, Avram Avini. He had many slaves, many maids, extremely wealthy. He could have said, listen, I'm not feeling good. I'll have my boys take care of it. No, personally, ran to get the sheep and to tell his wife to bake, to give them milk and butter, uh, you know, personally. It's very, very interesting how, how the Torah gets into detail showing how the great Achnos Zarchem Avram did it in a very difficult circumstance, situation. So the Torah is teaching us the great chesed that Avram had. He was such incredible giving, and mainly because he loved Hashem, and he wanted people to be aware that Hashem exists, created well, runs the world, does everything. Okay. And the end of the parasha, it's just mamish the opposite. Imagine a man has a child, and he's, and he's 137 years old, and he's 37 years old, he's going to bring him for sacrifice. Just the idea is so cringes. But what is amazing about Bor Parshi is that it wasn't real. Let me explain this. They didn't eat. A malach does not need to eat. The Gemara asked the famous question, why did the malachim act like the eating? The Gemara says a very interesting thing. If you're in a place to eat, eat. 
Uh, the Malachim came down to this world, and this world you eat, they ate. Yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to heaven, and heaven you don't eat. He didn't eat for 120 days, didn't drink, and didn't sleep. You gotta not change the tradition. So really, all the hard work that Avram Avini did seems to us is in vain. He ran and to get to the Malach, and you know, there's a, a different opinions when did Avram Avinu realize there were Malachim? Beginning, you thought there were people there. They did a good job. Seems like afterwards, the Rabban says, after they started telling him, you're going to have a child next year, wait a minute, who are you? You know what I mean? Imagine someone coming, you invite someone to your house, you have no idea who he is, and he tells you, next year, I, I, I make a line on the, on the wall, when the sun is going to come here, you can have a child. What's your name again? Who are you? What is this all about? So Wamaduma says at that moment, one opinion, Avram really knew that this was a Malach. Others held, nope, he didn't realize till after everything there were angels. But the point was, it really comes out from the Pasha that all the chesed and the kindness and the chnosorchen seems like it was not real. And it's very interesting. This is the part that our Torah teaches us, emphasizes, tells us how great Avraham Avini was, how great that this was, he really did every day. He could have chosen a story when there was real food. Real eaters, not food. The food was real. There were people really eating. And really, you know, the, the Malachim, you have to, didn't have to tell them Hashem exists. They knew quite well. They just came down from heaven. They didn't have to, you know, I want to make you religious. I don't want you to be believing that. They knew exactly. So isn't it amazing that the, the Parsha is talking about something that really, really wasn't uh, real? It was. And the reason for this is Hashem wants our desire to do the right thing. Much more than the right thing happens. Of course, you got to be good, you got to be kind. But really, that has such a powerful thing by Hashem is your heart. The wanting to do it. Of course, if you did it, it's a great, you know, and I would love to help my friend who's in great distress, but I'm sleeping in bed lazy. That's not what we're talking about. Talking about you really, like Bavro Mavini, he did the Knossos Archem, and he got up and he ran. Even though it turned out, they were not real, real, real Archim. They're not real humans. But the fact that he wanted to do it so badly, so greatly, with such a passion, that's why the Torah writes it down. Others add, some of the Chassidish explain it even more. Avram Avini just had the bris. Three days ago, Rashi says. And when the, the bris, Kodesh, what they give to a child, that makes the passion to work in a, in a holy place. That the passion that he had, you know, the bris represents the passion that we have, to make it all of a sudden, Avromini had this incredible, he was an old man, but incredible passion to do the right thing. And this is what the Torah wanted to, you know, this is true in every relationship. It's not so much the flowers that your husband buys you or the gift that your wife buys you, it's what's underneath it. I often say, imagine a husband buys for his wife a bouquet of flowers and he thinks of her as a fool. And she knows that he thinks of her as a fool. You know, it'll be just, 
got to put up with this nonsense. That's what she's going to say. But if he can't afford it, and he does something very small, deeply heartfelt, this is more worth than anything else. It's not always the big bouquet and the big... Uh, it's, a, it's sometimes just a simple thing that you do for someone with really deep heartfelt. That means everything. This is about it between us and Hashem. Hashem what the teachers about Avromi. It's great. Avromi did The which piece of his life of Hashem chose with the angels to tell us this is the most important thing. What's under your, underneath in your heart. Because that's what we are different than animals. We have a heart, a free will, and we do have a free will. And the, the Torah wanted us to do it for the sake of Hashem. See, the more you want to do it, the, you know, it's going to happen too. It's not just that Hashem wants your heart, but if you really want to do something, it's going to get done. You know, when people, you know, when anyone raises children, I forgot my homework, I couldn't do the homework, and we all know. They're not interested in doing it, they're not motivated. And if you're not motivated, there's every excuse. If you really want something, there is no excuse. You know, you, you know, if a person, I know a guy just told me that he got into a big fight with his wife, and he tells me, I have to go to the ball game. So how about, I didn't ask her. I just got into the car and drove off. He had to see this, must have been some big Dodger game here. He had to see that Dodger game. Now, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And that, that's what Hashem wanted to teach us, that Avram wanted it so badly, so you know what Hashem did? He brought down three angels. You know, Rashi says there was, it was very hot. It was a very hot day Hashem made. He didn't want people to walking on the streets. But Avram Avini wanted so badly, Archem, guests. So Hashem said, I'll send you three angels. You should do the mitzvah. And it's considered a great mitzvah, even though angels did not need to eat. So we think it was all in vain. He shechted a carbon. He gave them tongue and the butter, and he finds out, what? They pulled the wool over my eyes? They were angels? No. Avrovini knew, I did mine. I did mine. And their eating was not a real eating. Because the Medrash says, when Malach eats, it gets all burned up. In seconds, it was gone. That doesn't matter. The, the mitzvah is not so much not so much, again, it, it, it always means the much what you're doing. It is the outcome of how much you wanted to do it. So Avram Avini wanted to influence the people, even though he, he had probably had no much influence on the Malachim. Even though some say there's a medrash that did influence the Malachim. I don't want to go there. It's a very interesting medrash. But the ba simple, he had no influence on the angels. But Hashem sent it to him because he wanted it so badly. It's very, very important in life. If you want something very badly done, if it's good, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna, it's gonna get done. You know, one of, <clears throat> to explain it even better, and this, in the end of the Pasha, it talks about the Akedah. That also wasn't the true thing. Hashem never really said, I want you to shecht Yitzchak. I want you to bring him on the Mizbeach. So Avram really didn't 
understand that Furin Hashem wanted it that way because it wouldn't have been a test. Okay, I'll build a Mizbech and put him top of Mizbech. Who wouldn't do that? If he would have really understood what Hashem meant, it wouldn't have been a test. See, what Hashem says, because the end of Hashem says, you know, you, I really said you should bring it for oil. I didn't say you should shecht them. You should bring them on top of the Mizbech. But Avram, Hashem said it in a way that Avram should not understand. And the world understood that he's got to bring it. And this, and he, Avram was, it turns out, Avram did with whole heart. But the bottom line it was, it was not really the mitzvah that Hashem wanted from him. It doesn't make a difference. What Hashem wanted was the heart that he was willing to do it. This is a very interesting thing. That the fact that he wanted to do it so much, and I told him to do it, even though it wasn't the, the, that what Hashem wanted, he gets the schar. Imagine the, 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 we, the Gemara says, as a Jewish nation, we reap the benefit to today's day what Avram did with his son. Even though that wasn't really a real, real thing. Because the real, real thing Hashem never wanted him, you should check them. But the fact he did it with his whole heart, with such unbelievable mysterious nefesh, mysterious means doing it, we, we, it's unbelievable. See, you know, the, the, everyone asks a simple question. If we hear the words of God telling us, I want you to bring a sacrifice, a child, no, you have to do it. Hashem spoke. The test wasn't if he's going to do it. The test is how are you going to do it. You know, most of us, if we don't have kosher, we won't eat. Most of us, if we, if we challenge between choosing, you know, to ask you to die or to worship an idol, we'll die. That's what, it, you know, most of us would, would do the right, right thing. That's, there's no question of it. The greatness of Avram Avini over here was that he, this, when he, he, it's his whole desire and heart was to do the will of Hashem. If he understood this is the will of Hashem, he was going to do it, even though it's so difficult. How could, you, how could a person do such a thing? So he, had, he did something abnormal. He had to push away the love that he had for his son and override that and say, not begrudging, okay, you want me to do it? I'll do it, okay. We often we do things we don't like to do, let's face it, and... Uh, the best of him is okay. I uh, look, gotta do this, you know, for my boss, for my spouse, for the children. You know, think I want to do this. You really think I'm. We do a lot of things that we don't want to do begrudgingly because we have obligations to the children, the spouse, or the parents, a neighbor. That's not how Romavini. He did it with the greatest. He did it with the greatest, greatest love that you can imagine. That's the great, and even though it turned out it wasn't what Hashem wanted from him. That's not what I really said. But I Hashem said it to him that he misunderstood and he was willing to do, and this is why we reap the benefit. So you see, the heart is the thing that Hashem wants from us. Very, very important. Not so much did you have it done, it's like how much love, you know, how much you really want to do it. What? Wanted to just to bring him on top of the Mizbeach. That's it. As soon as he did that, 
An angel stopped him. He says, you did what you were supposed to be doing. But this is an, an, a very, very important thing. Is how we do the mitzvahs has enormous amount. Okay, of course you're going to keep Shabbos. Of course you're going to keep mitzvahs. How are you going to do it? I'm so happy to do it. Can't wait to daven. You know, most of us are not that. Most of us, you know, we got to daven. You know, we got to always tease my, my children. We young used to tell them, dessert, we never say we have to eat dessert. What's for dessert? Benches, we have to bench. It's a whole different song. We have to get ourselves used to to say, this is my mitzvah. I want to do it well. This is my Shabbos. This is my Yantav. This is my whatever. This is my Tfilm. This is my Tzitzis. This is my Tzniyas. This is mine. I'm going to do it happily. See, my motto always says, you're going to do it anyways. Might as well do it with a big smile. We all kept Shabbos. So, you know, might as well put a huge smile on your face and do it the right way. But you see how much heart we put in, that's how much it means in heaven. This is true. I mean, let's face it, this is true in every instance between relationships. Someone does you a favor and does a begrudging. Oh, I don't need your favor. I don't need it. You're not feeling well. Okay, um, I, I'm going to go to the store get you something. You know, you see someone doing it wholeheartedly, then you gladly, you know, you connect and you accept it. And it's a whole different world. So, how does a person get to this? So one of the things I speak always is about meditation. So the lady asked me, how do you meditate? People always ask, how do you do it? You sit down in the room. And I always start from the place that I'm annoyed most. That means if I, if I am stressed, I would say to Hashem, here I am, so stressed, I can't even focus. I start with the things that's going in my life. And that opens the doors. If you sit down, or just, Hashem, I'm not feeling well. I don't know what it is. I ate too much last night. My stomach is not working. I wish I knew exactly. Sometimes I tell Hashem, I don't know what's going on with me. You know better. I just start it, you know, that's how it works for me. I start what frustrates me because why is that? I find it in all these years because what's holding us back from talking to Hashem? This frustration that's there. Let's say you had a tough day. You know, when someone is bothering you or the tough decisions to make and whatever. And you just sit down and you find your mind going there. I got to take care of this. I, gotta, I tell Hashem, here I am. And this and this is on my mind. And I would like to take care of it. Or, or I'm sad about this. And once you start talking about those things, you could come and say, and now Hashem, I would like to get close to you. I like to have, you know, if you're not feeling well, I would like to feel better. Also, you have to remember, God is listening to you. You know what Hashem loves? 
when we kvetch. I always have this, my wife used to tell her, you love when they say mom, but when they kvetch too much, you don't want it. When they're a little kvetching, you like to hear. It's true with all mothers. I like, I like her to kvetch a little bit. Not too much, not to get on my nerves. The Barnsham is differently. Hashem wants you to be a nudge. The, until we say, Wahafti, Kishma, Hashem, Eskoli, Tachnino. When am I beloved? When am I loved? When Hashem loves us, when He hears us davening to Him, begging Him, talking to Him, that's when we are loved. Because that's one of the ways we get connected. One of the most, there's nothing, you know, as much powerful as just being connected to Hashem. So, you know, answering the question about meditation, it's, it, it, the truthfully is, it takes time to learn how to do it. It's like everything in life. I, I've said this, there are people my age who ran the 16 or 26 mile marathon, older. If in the Boston Marathon, there was a guy, a 75 year old man who collapsed over there, said he was seven, he was running 26 miles. If I would run around the room twice, I'd be out of breath. I, um, but if I would practice as much as he did, uh, you know, a lady told me that she did it a few years ago. She was 50 years old. She took a year's training. She was able to do it. If you train, you could do it. Your mind is muscles. You got to train it to be focused. And every day you do a little bit more. First day you do five, 10 minutes, and then 12 minutes, and then you, your mind gets trained that it could be focused. It's not so hard as, you, as we make it. It's hard, the Yitzhahar doesn't want you to do it. See, I'm going to tell you something very interesting, a very profound Chassidish thought. You know, everyone asks, Hashem tells Avram, Yitzchak is going to be the child where the nation is going to grow out from. He promised him. Not Yishmuel, Yitzchak. Now you're telling me I should take Yitzchak and bring him for a sacrifice. That something doesn't sound right here. Even more doesn't sound right. I'm allowed to murder? So he says, Benoich has to also not murder. So really, Avram didn't know what to do. But you know why he did it? He saw the Satan did not want him to go do it. Medrash says the Satan came and he, and he stopped him with this and he stopped him with that. And the one Manduma says the Medrash that he made, as he was going over a river, he almost drowned. The Satan made the river extremely wide. He gave him, you know, when it, it's an Aveda, no one stops you. It just goes easy. When it's a mitzvah, then you have all the people stopping you. If it's something that it's a true mitzvah, you'll notice then you don't want to do it, and you can't do it, you're not in the mood of doing it. You know, like, like I always tell people, the guys who went to the game this week, this week they made sure they're going to be on time. They didn't come late. Davening in shul, that's always in time. Because when it's a mitzvah, the Yitzhah doesn't want you to do it. The Yitzhah doesn't want us to connect to Hashem. So some learn Avram really knew what's right. He says, 
I see that. I just, it's already, this is putting every foot on, on, on the expression. He puts every menia, everything I should not to be able to do it. So, that's, that's the truth is in life. The Chavisova says, if you want to know something is a mitzvah or not, see how much desire you have. If something is pushing you, and, and that's something fishy. Every good deed, there's always doesn't want you to do it. Like, I, simple, to be happy and smiling, you don't want to do. Oh, it's easier to sulk and to be unhappy and to frown. That's much easier. Even though people claim you do, it take, takes more muscles, but most people, to, to be happy, it's not easy. To, to do the mitzvahs, so Avram saw that if going to Akedah, the Yitzhah didn't want him to do it. He realized that was such a great mitzvah. Now, Avram did it for his ultimate love to Hashem. What's so sad is when we talk about loving Hashem, it is such a foreign idea. Loving God, that sounds, doesn't sound right. Sounds like the missionaries knocking on the door, you know, saying empty words. Because, you know, it's, it is a very difficult thing, and most people, and, and they don't talk about it. It's a topic that we don't talk about. Truthfully, is God wants us not just to love him, to be obsessed with him. I think it's called OCD. Yalada be OCD with love of Hashem. It says, Every fiber, you should love him. And that doesn't come easy. You know, no one wakes up and, you know, boy, I'm falling in love with Hashem. I had a great date with him and I'm falling in love with Hashem. We have to create the date. And uh, we have to create the reality of Hashem. That's so why we have to talk and recognize. It says in Davening, Dirshu Hashem seek Hashem. If you don't seek Him, we don't have Him. It's true, it's a one way street. You know, the, the famous saying, we talk to Hashem, it's not so bad. When you say that Hashem spoke to you, then you're in trouble. You know, the famous joke everyone says. You know, when you speak to Hashem, it's okay. But when you come back and tell me God spoke to you, then we know you're in trouble. Truthfully, is that's why meditation is so hard. Because we, don't, we just talk and we don't, we don't get a response sort of to say. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Uh, take, the best thing is to take care of yourself. Because then you take care of yourself, I always find. You took care of yourself, okay. The body, the demanding around you is taken care of. Now I could focus with Hashem. It's like you got to take the wrappers off. You got to, you know, to get to the fruit. Always fine. If I want to talk to Hashem, there's so many things on my mind, so I talk to Hashem. My wife should be well, and my children should be well, and this should work out. And then after a while, okay, that's me and you, Hashem.
Okay, let me, let me explain her question. Every, every year when we read this parsha, this question everyone asks me. Let me repeat the question. The Malachim come to Lot. A lot invites them in. And the city get, surrounds the house and demands the Lot should give up the two, two men. They wanted to gang rape them. So it says, you know, they just want to have a nice talk with them. They wanted to... And Lot says, you know what? I have two daughters who are psulam. Here you can do what you want. It just cringes saying it. It just cringes. So let me tell you something, how the, uh, the Pshat is. You know, in Saddam, they had a very evil, the Pasik says, Chatoim Lashem Mi'oid. There was sinners to Hashem, unbelievable. What was the greatest sin? There were plenty of desire in the world. Is if you did a favor for someone, you were arrested and condemned for, to death. The mother says, one of the door, a girl, gave a piece of bread for a poor person. She was caught red-handed, arrested. They dipped her in honey and put her on the roof and died a, a horrible death, being stung by the bees. So it was a very strange, strange community. I always think about this, how the entire communities have such a silly belief system, and they believe it, that's how it works. It's very hard to get them out of the belief. You know, I, I remember reading many years ago that the, the South American Indians, the Mayans, I think were called, who, who were convinced if you don't do human sacrifice, the sun is not going to come up. So when the Spaniards came and conquered. They didn't let them, you know, they tried to convince the chiefs that it's not true. So they, they, they surrounded the place and they couldn't bring any sacrifice. The sun did come up. It says, you know why? Because someone else secretly did it. There's no way the sun could come up. No way. This is documented. This is true. See, they lived in, in Saddam. It's such an evil way of thinking of things. The mother says, Eliezer, Eved, Avram went to Saddam. Like when guy went, threw a rock on his head, and he had a hole in the head. And he, he, he called... He called Eliezer to, to, what's his name, to, to court. That Eliezer should pay money because he took out some bad blood from his head. Imagine. The perpetrator, it sounds like America sometimes, the perpetrator is suing the victim because, so, and the court says you got to pay him. So Eliezer put a, picked up a rock and threw it at the judge. Made a hole in his head. What are you doing? I owe money. Now you owe me money, you pay him. But what the Gemara is saying is they came to this strange, I always I shudder that people could live in, and it's true, that people live in, in the cultures who believed in silly, strange things they believed in. And, you know, in India, they, if a man died, they would burn his almana in a fire at stake. It took the British, when India was empire, to stop this. And it's still doing it in places. They burned the woman, the almana, the widow. Imagine. 
There were cultures, if the husband died, they would, they would uh, poison the wives. You know, you know, your husband's dead. So what happened over here was everything was convoluted. And, you know, the guests come. They want to gang rape him. I'm not going to let They came into my house. My daughters do what you want with them. It is amazing. It is amazing because people, this is very important. Now, you know, I'm going to elaborate. I usually like to talk about this topic, but she asked. I, I remember as a child, but I, rem but I was told by people a little older than me, but I remember as a child when abortion came into the picture, he was like, what? A killing? If you would tell someone there is a whole culture where they murder, and you tell them they do abortion, ah, oh, abortion's not murder. Who said it's not murder? The Torah happens to say it's murder. The Torah says clearly abortion is murder. Now, we got so used to it, so even ourselves don't look at it as murder. Okay, the Torah says, but no one cringes. So a guy told me, a, uh, a judge told me, a uh, generation older than me, told me that in the 1950s, he remembers there was a case, he lived in the Midwest someplace, where there was a doctor made an abortion. He sat in jail. Very early stage, but he sat in jail. It was murder. Now you have other places, euthanasia. So the first time you hear it, what? Someone's sick and they're going to kill him? You know, if you don't have a traitor to tell you what's right and wrong, you come to this, you know, silly way of thinking. That an abortion is okay, that's not murder, euthanasia is not murder. And then if someone is retarded, it's also not murder if you kill him. It's without Torah, that's the rule. We don't know. We, that's why we need the Torah to teach us what's right and what's wrong. And this is answering your question. You know, Lot lived there too long and he became convoluted. And to him, his own two daughters, that's okay. And it is shocking because usually if such a thing happens, many people don't survive a gang rape. It's just, it's just horrible. I just can't even imagine it. That shows how vulnerable. I, I tell you an interesting story. I had more than once this was asked. But one time a lady called me up and she, she asked me if she could have a head to for abortion. I said, What's the problem? Why would you need, why, why should there's no head to abortion? Are you sick? Are you dying? What's the, no, no. My husband lost his job and we have four children and you know, we, don't, we don't have Panasa. We have to give it up. You know, I, there's nothing. I'm working. I said to her, I know couples who would pay enormous amount of money. You should give up to give the child. Don't abort. She tells me on the phone, you think I'm going to sell my child? So I said, you are going to murder your child? So I, 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 she told me her name, and Hashem, she didn't do it. And I found out who this person is, a regular from person with everything and... But, you know, you listen to the radio so much, in the news, and whatever people, an abortion, okay. I understand, we don't make an abortion, but my situation, you know, not realizing it, that it's murder. This is the problem, what, what we have living in a society like this. No one would cringe and says they're murdering the babies. No one. Okay, abortions. The Torah clearly says an abortion is murder. It says in the Torah. The same thing, this, this is very important because 
This is why it's so important, I always tell men, you got to keep on learning the Torah. Read the Parsha. We, gotta, we don't know we could be easily swayed. It's like the suicide bombers. The race children in Palestine used to be a suicide bomber. And they're really convinced. I'm going to get 72 virgins, whatever they're going to get in the next world. They really, you know, you could uh, indoctrinate people, whatever you want. For the good, and it's, it's important, and it's great. So, that answers your question. But what, what I'm focusing more, this uh, Pasha, is the difference of, uh, and the truth is, this is the difference of Avram and Lloyd. Avram had this love and kind to people, good to people, nice to people. Lot had a very mixed version. He wasn't really nice. Now she says, he just saw by Avram Avini, you bring in Orchem, guests. But I'll give up my daughters for that. You know, you know it's so hard for us to, it's so hard to imagine what parents will do for the children. But this is, you know, there are, there are societies that do terrible things with the children, you know, whatever. See, one of the hard things in Yiddishkeit is to the heart. It's called choivos halvovos, the heart's obligation. It's very, much easier as I always tell people, it's much easier just to do what you need to do. It's also challenging, but to take your heart and say, I'm going to have, I'm going to love Hashem. I'm going to fear Hashem. I'll be enthusiastic with Hashem. I'll be humble with Hashem. Those are much, much harder. Very, doesn't come easy. That needs a lot more work. Film, you can get used to putting out film. People keep Shabbos and they do the right job. They keep every detail of Shabbos. But to say when Shabbos comes, yay, I'm going to rest because Hashem wants me to rest. Or I'm going to put film, or I'm going to daven this morning, or I'm going to be helpful to a friend, or call a neighbor and cheer them up. Whatever we do, I'm going to do it because that's what Hashem wants me to do. See, sort of, we leave out Hashem. He's left out of the picture. What we have to do is include Hashem in our picture. That comes, honestly, only with meditating. And it's so easy not to think about Hashem. And suddenly that, we go to sleep, we wake in the morning, and, uh, you know, it's not that, oh, Hashem is sleeping next to me, I just feel him, you know. Got to wake up, and you have to think about Hashem. Hashem is, you know, doesn't come naturally. See, all good things do not come naturally. See, anger comes naturally. Someone hurts you, you become angry. Now, if you don't become angry, you're made out of plastic. I mean, you become angry. Trick is not to act your anger. But you don't have to worry. No one says, you know, he really hurt me. Let me, let me get into an angry mood. Let me, get, you know, pull out the anger card and get myself angry. It's automatic. The person loses something, that'll be a real loss of life, or loses something that's valuable. 
You don't have to tell yourself, you know what? I should be sad. It goes automatically. The opposite doesn't go automatically. We don't automatically, you know, happy that Shabbos. Not automatically happy that I woke up. If that doesn't come that, we need to really do something about it. So I always say the negative things slide in easily. As a joke, no one ever went to a therapist and said, I don't know how to be sad. I don't know how to be angry. I don't know how to criticize. It's not working for me. I need to learn how to be critical and to, uh, to voice and yell and scream. Even people don't know how to yell and scream, but they're angry. That's the nat natural things. Mm -hmm. The other part is not so natural. So, I wanted to challenge all of you, first of all, that it's the beginning of the week, you try to walk around at least Sunday with a smile on your face. And tell me right down the end of the day if your day wasn't a better day. You should know no matter how difficult the days are, if you walk around with a smile, it is unbelievable, makes things easier. I went through, and through marriage was so ill, just acting like you're smiling helps a person. And why shouldn't we smile? I always tell myself, if I'll be angry and pout, it's going to help me. Okay, I'll try to be angry and pout. It doesn't help anyways. I've tried, you know, when the children, I was trying to raise my children. I remember... I learned one thing. With goodness, sometimes you accomplish much, much quicker than with being who knows how strict. With your own spouse, your own thing. With goodness and love and kindness, you get more mileage than you act. You know what I mean? Or you're really angry. It doesn't help. But the nature of us humans, much, it's very easy to be angry. There are people walking around angry, they don't know why they're angry. Never forget this, I was speaking in shul and I was describing that, you know, it's missed to be happy on turf and sometimes people walk around a month or two unhappy and the guy calls out the back of the shul, Rabbi, how about two years? Well, he says, for two years I walked around sad. I just, I just didn't snap out of it. But see, that, no one said, you know what, I'm going to work up a sadness. I want to be sad for a few weeks. I'm going to get myself into the mood of sadness. We have to work the other way around. I really hope you have a great week.